God has something for us. And I want you to open your heart. Let's just open our hearts this morning and ask God to speak to us. In fact, I'm going to lay my hand on my heart because I believe God wants to speak uh, not only through me, but to me today. Lord, I I pray you'd speak to me today. And Lord, let the word of God come alive in me that I might, Lord, be changed and be empowered to press forward into the destiny of God for my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Turn in your Bible to, oh, let's go to Joshua chapter 3. We're in the middle of a series. In fact, we're starting the second half of this series. Now, most of you know that my series are like four to six weeks in length. This this one is a little unusual. It's 12 weeks. Uh, And uh, not only myself, but uh, Ryan has been a part of this 12-week series. In fact, next Sunday, let me just say, don't miss next Sunday. Uh, because uh, my son-in-law Joshua Trevino is going to be sharing the word next Sunday from this series, okay? And he is jazzed up, and he's a great communicator, and you don't want to miss this. Uh, in fact, you'll, you'll be throwing rocks at me by the time he's done next Sunday and, go, and, and going, Joshua, Joshua. Uh, I hope, hope so, and I hope not all at the same time. So next Sunday, be here and be a part of that. It's going to be awesome. I will actually be in Wisconsin somewhere, uh, preaching a pastor's conference for an international minister's fellowship of pastors from all over that region up there. I've never met most of them. They, for some strange reason, wanted me to come and minister to them. So I'll be ministering. I'll be your hands extended next Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to pastors from all over the area. And how many of you know when you're ministering to a pastor, you're not only ministering to him, but you're ministering to his people and his people's people. So how many of you believe it's worth it every once in a while for your pastor? In fact, uh, it kind of seems to come in waves. Uh, I love this place, but I also have responsibilities in other areas. How many believe it's good for sometimes not only myself, but others of us to make an investment in other people's lives and be able to make a big difference in the world? That's what it's all about. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not just about us. It's not just about us. It's about the whole world. And so uh, there's no telling how many people you and I will be able to minister to next week at this conference through these pastors. And so that's where I will be. And I pray you would be here. Don't be as the cat that is away while the, or the mice will play while the cat is away. Don't be that way. In fact, just be doubly sure to be here and not only uh, uh, hear the word, but be supportive of, of Josh. And it's going to be a great Sunday next Sunday. And so we've been talking about uncharted waters, navigating your way into God's perfect plan. How many of you, how many of you have never been into the future? That, okay. How many of you, this is what I really want to know. How many of you have been in the future? Uh, (laughs) Okay. I feel better now. We've, none of us have been there before. Okay. Uh, And it seems like the, our future is uncharted waters and it is from our perspective, but not from God's perspective. He knows the way everyone say he knows the way. God knows the way. And so our goal here in this series, as we look at the life of Joshua and the children of Israel, is to learn some life lessons of spiritual progress. You see, there's 101 things out there that can stifle your spiritual progress as you endeavor to navigate your way into God's perfect plan for your life. And let me say to you, if there be any doubt among us, God has a plan for your life. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan. He really does. You are not an accident. Amen. Everybody say, I am not an accident. Come on, say it louder. I'm not an accident. I'm chosen by God. He has a purpose for my life. And so our goal is to help you by providing you some life lessons of spiritual progress. I'm telling you, these 12 life lessons, if you'll appropriate them, appropriate them in your life, they will change your life. In fact, they're all designed to do especially three things, okay, for you. Number one, they're going to lift the burden of the unknown off of your life. Some people are really concerned about your future. You're fretting about the future. Oh my goodness, the election's coming up. What on earth are we going to do? There's lions and tigers and bears. 
Oh my. And you're, hey, as we appropriate these life lessons, it'll lift the burden of the unknown off your life. And revelation will begin to come to your life. And the light of God will begin to shine. They will also lighten the load of the unrighteous living that you and I have been so accustomed to in our past. God will lighten your load because a lot of these principles will help us purify ourselves and become more and more like him and be able to uh, experience the blessings of being a, a righteous son and daughter of God. They will also lead you into God's unwavering promise and plan for your life. And so very important. In fact, if you've missed quite a few, go to school this week and get online. If you've got, if you can go to iTunes, go to iTunes and just download them on your iPod or your iPhone or however you can and get some of these past lessons of life or, uh, for spiritual progress and get caught up. Uh, it's only halftime. How many of you know God saves the best for the second half? Amen. And so it's going to be a, a great uh, second half to this series. Where we've been, let me give you the, just quickly for your sake. We talked about the first life lesson was embracing the promises. God's got promises for us. And how many of you know if he promised it, uh, so be it. Amen. And we see that in Joshua chapter 1 where God reaffirmed his promise to Joshua. And then the priority of God's presence, Joshua 1. God says, I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. We've got to have his presence in our life on a daily basis in order to navigate our way into the promises and the purpose of God for our life. The third one was the fear not factor. Everyone say fear not. I'm telling you because there's lions and tigers and bears out there, you've got to learn not to fear not. Everyone say fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, fear not. Oh, it's important to, to appropriate the fear not factor. And then a biggie, one that I thought is important for all of us, especially, it's the taming of the tongue. Uh, oh man, you've got to get that if you weren't here, because the one thing that the children of Israel did that cost them the 40 years in the wilderness was their complaining, murmuring, griping, untamed, ungodly, unbridled tongue. Okay, and so that's important to tame the tongue. And then Ryan shared for us uh, a couple of Sundays ago the focus on forward. That's so important to keep looking forward. Paul the Apostle said, I'm forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to that which lies ahead. God spoke to the children of Israel, or pardon me, God spoke to Moses even at the Red, Red Sea when they just moved out of Egypt. He said, Why are you complaining or crying to me? You tell the children of Israel to. Go forward. And so it's important to go forward. Hey, if, if re reverse were so important, your rear view mirror would be as big as your windshield. Come on. It's just a little thing. And so we've got to keep pressing forward. And then last Sunday, I shared with you an important message from Joshua 1 about preparation. You've got to be prepared. In fact, uh, God spoke to uh, uh, Joshua and said, three days you're going to cross. So he tells the leaders of the children of Israel. And he said, you tell all the people that prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days, you're going to cross over this Jordan into the promise of land, into the promised land. You see, you, there's some things you've got to possess by way of preparation in order to possess God's promised provision. There's nothing worse than being all all pumped up about the promise, but not prepared to possess. Amen. Everyone say you got to be prepared. And so that's where we've been. Now we're moving into the second half. It's the third quarter. Here we go. A life lesson number seven is the life lesson of enduring. Now don't, don't shout me down. Enduring patience or enduring the process. How many of you know moving into God's best for your life is a process? Moving into the promised land, you see, there was, can you imagine the process involved of getting a million plus, I don't know how many slaves out of Egyptian bondage and into the promise of God on their best day, on their most faith-filled day? It was a process. And how many of you know that just hanging out with that many people requires a little enduring patience on your and my part? Amen. And so this is an important one to get you into God's will for your life. Now, I'm going to give you, in fact, when you think about Joshua, Joshua endured 40 years of the wilderness because of other people's mistakes. And he did so without undermining the destiny of God for his life. Let me say to you that sometimes, now catch this, there's a span of time between amen and there it is. 
Y'all are sea-lying now, aren't you? You're stopping and think about it. Sometimes there's a, little, there's a span of time between amen or the promise of God where you say amen, so be it in my life, and oh, shazam, there it is. And we've got to endure that. We've got to be patient with that. And Joshua endured without ever undermining the destiny of God for his life. I think he got it from Moses. Moses was a patient fellow and he was an enduring person. And so we learn from Moses. In fact, in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, which we'll look at a little bit today, it says, Moses, he forsook Egypt and endured. I'm going to put my translation or my paraphrase. And he endured the process of getting from where he was to where he needed to be. Uh, He endured that because he saw something that was invisible. He, as seeing him, that was God who was invisible. We'll come back to that. He had a vision in his heart. And so he endured the process. Everyone say, endure the process. Now the children of Israel were not so wise. Because they get out in the, into the wilderness, and if you remember, Moses goes up on the mountain in Exodus 32, and he begins to receive, he's spending time with God, and God begins to speak to him, and the children of Israel down, they get nervous because he's been gone a while, and they think to themselves, oh, what are we going to do? I guess God has left us. I guess Moses has left us. We need to make a new God. Uh, and so they all gathered their gold, and they started a big party, and they, they threw it and, and molded it and melted it into and made it into a a graven image that was a molten calf and you know the story how God's up there on the mountain and God said you better get down to Moses because the people have gone nuts they're 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 serving other gods and and so they go down and, and hey and everybody had fallen prey to this and Moses basically goes down what in the world is going on and and Aaron I think it was Aaron said oh we just we just got all our gold and threw it in the fire and out popped this calf. How many of you know, you can't, it's, uh, that's just crazy. And so the children of Israel, they were impatient and it kept them in the middle of the wilderness of life. They were not enduring of the process. Everyone say, you got to endure the process. You really do. We've got to learn how to patiently endure. Now, I'm going to give you three important uh, uh, enduring uh, passages, patient passages here quickly. And, and as I do, let me just give you a little biblical insight about their meaning. There's, in the New Testament, there's a couple of different words that are translated either endurance or patience. Now, when we think of patience, we think of this, and this is a valid biblical word where, we, where we're just being patient. You know, how many of you guys are very patient with your wives while they're getting ready for church? You just, man, are you ready yet, babe? It'll be just a minute. Man, I'm just being patient. Well, we're, how many of you know that's a good quality? That's not really what I'm talking about today, though it certainly has some applic- applicability, if that's a word. The, there's another word, and in the Greek, for your sake, it's hupomone. Everyone say hupomone. It's, it's where a lot of times it's translated endurance or sometimes translated patience, depending upon which, you know, King James or New King James. And it means this, enduring with an attitude of cheer, cheerful endurance. Everyone say cheerful endurance. Now, there's another word that is just is kind of an offshoot and kind of... Uh, almost exactly alike. It's instead of hupomone, it's, it's just another form. I can't even say it, hupomonu or something. And it means to, to persevere under pressure and to stay the course even under pressure. How many of you know sometimes pressure is not a bad thing? In fact, a few years ago, I preached a series called The Pressure Driven Life. I ought to write a book about that, amen? <laughs> the pressure-driven life. Some of you are living life under pressure. And so it's important in the middle of those times to endure the process, to have a cheerful endurance and to stay under and remain and not to bail out. You see, a lot of people, when the going gets tough, they want to bail out. We, we can't bail out. Hey, God has a plan. Come on now. And it's a process to get where he wants us to be. And it's time we began to realize we're going to have to endure some things to get where he wants us to be. I could probably go home now. That was pretty good. But we've got to 
endure the process. And so here are these three verses, building a foundation. And then in a moment, I'm going to give you some things that, that, uh, that uh, some great facts about endurance that you can apply in your life. The first, the first place in the New Testament that this word endure, cheerful endurance is used is in Luke chapter eight, verse 15. It's, it's the parable of the sower and the seed. Now, if you remember the parable of the sower and the seed, it's a parable about the seed is the word of God and, and the soil is our hearts and the word needs to go in our hearts. And, and I, maybe all four gospels, I don't know, at some place record the parable of the sower and the seed. But in Luke's passage, he uses this verse. And here it says, in reference to the seed that fell in the good soil, and in Luke chapter 8, it says, the seed that fell in the good soil reaped a hundredfold. Okay, you got it? And so now he gives the illustration in verse 15 of what he's talking about. And he says this, uh, the seed that fell in the good soil is those who hear the word with a noble and good heart and keep it and bear fruit with patience with endurance. And so the first place this word about endurance is about a sower or a someone who has received the seed enduring the process of it bringing forth fruit. Are you with me? With a cheerful heart. And how many of you know why, why the sower would be cheerful is because he knows that what, what a man sows, that will he also Reap, And so he's understanding of the laws. We'll talk about that in a minute. So it's interesting to me that, that <coughs> Jesus was the first one to use this word. And it's a reference to being patient, enduring the process of God's will and purpose being made realized in your life when his word comes in and sets up residence in your life. I'm telling you, when God begins to speak to you, listen, and it goes deep in your heart. If you will endure the process, that word will make a huge difference in your life. If you keep it, oh man, I'm going to, I'll never get, I told you I've got a lot to say. If you hear it with a good and a noble heart and keep it, you'll begin to bear fruit because you endured the process. If you sow a seed, you don't get up every morning and dig it up to see what's going on, do you? In fact, you'll undermine its integrity. But God has a plan. So that's the first uh, 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 patient passage, the enduring passage that I want you to see and catch that illustration. The next one is a key verse for me in Hebrews chapter 10. I want everybody to turn to Hebrews chapter 10 because you and I need to memorize this. I think I've got it memorized. I hope you will. Hebrews chapter 10, some of my favorite passages when it comes to endurance. And if I can find Hebrews this morning, it says this. Let's look at it together. When you're there, say, I'm there, Pastor. Verse 35 and 36. He says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But look at the next verse. For you have need of endurance, cheerful endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. My goodness gracious. Let's say it again. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Now, what are we talking about? Getting to the perfect place of, of God's plan for our life, really fulfilling the will of God over our life. You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you can receive the promise. You see, there's some endurance that gets us through into the will of God to, to receive God's promises for our life. Amen. What a verse. So don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For we have need, look at your neighbor and say, you have need of endurance. In fact, at the close of this service, listen carefully, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. For those of us who need endurance, we're going, to, we're going to rally together and we're going to pray a prayer that I'll share with you that Paul prayed for the Colossians in Colossians 1.11 that God would strengthen us and empower us and give us a fresh anointing in our life to endure the process. And so that's what's going to happen at the close. But here we go. Here's the last verse, Hebrews chapter 12. You're in Hebrews 10. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. We'll look at it in a little bit. But how many of you appreciate Jesus Christ who is our great role model of endurance. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with what? 
endurance or patience, the race that is set before us. And here's what he says. Uh, let us lay aside every, uh, oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. He said, let us, uh, uh, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. And here we go. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How many of you know, sometimes you got to let go of some things to, to, to be ready to roll, but you got to run with endurance. And here it is, our great role model, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our what? Faith. And so, hey, Luke eight fifteen the patient, enduring process of God's Word germinating and growing in our life requires a, it's a process. We've got to endure it. We've got to have a cheerful endurance. We have need of a cheerful endurance so we can do the will of God. And after we do the will of God, we can receive the reward. Hebrews 12, we run our race with endurance, laying aside every weight and sin uh, that so easily ensnares us, looking unto Jesus. He's the one we look to. Well, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, here we go, he endured. You see, he's our role model. He endured the cross despising the shame and I sat down at the right hand, <coughs> pardon me, of the throne of God. So write these three verses down. Look at them later. Begin to study them. Let this endurance begin to take up residence in your heart. Now, here we go. In the next 20 minutes, I'm going to give you three enduring facts about enduring the process. Three enduring facts about enduring the process. Now, write these three things down and then you can look at them later, but I'm going to kind of build them on it. Pretty simple. There's nothing, nothing profound here, but it can have a profound effect on your life if you'll embrace them. Number one, the first enduring fact about enduring the process is endurance is an act of faith. You see, all of us have faith. You say, well, I don't have very much. Well, you don't need very much. All you need is the faith as a grain of mustard seed to say this mountain be removed and cast in the sea and don't doubt in your heart and it has to obey you. It's an act of faith. And endurance is an act of faith. In fact, that's what Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 is all about that I read just a moment ago. Therefore, don't cast away your confidence. You know what that is? Faith. Don't cast away your faith because it has great reward. You just need to endure the process. How you do it? He's saying by faith. You've got to have faith. You've got to have confidence that, hey, God's in charge. He's leading you from point A to point B. The problem with the children of Israel with was as soon as they got out of town, they started doubting the promise of God. You just brought us out there to kill us. And listen, it's a process. Some of you, the first time you get in the dark, you go, what are you doing, God? First time things go a little south on you, you think, oh, God, oh, he left me, he forgot about me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a process. And in the, hey, faith is for the, quote, uncertain times, the question marks of life. When your mind has a question mark, your heart needs to have faith in God. Somebody say amen. You see, Endurance is an act of faith. Don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now, that's Hebrews 10. And, and by the way, if you, we had time, we'd read on in Hebrews 10. It comes to this life-changing, uh, globally cosmic, uh, uh, eternal truth that Paul the Apostle got a hold of uh, a little earlier. And that is this, the just shall live by faith. And so all of this is dovetailing together. Don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance that after you've done the will of God, you can receive the promises. And then he goes, oh, and by the way, the just shall live by faith. And then, oh, boom, verse chapter 12, the faith chapter. And if you and I were to take time and read the faith chapter, because it says without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please God. And then he begins to go down through this hall of faith, and here's the whole story. You read it. It's the fact that these people endured the process because they had faith in God. They were able to endure the process because they had faith 
in God. Just read them, man. Some, it's just amazing. And, and that's what it's all about. The faith chapter is all about. They got from point A to point B because they had faith. In fact, it says about some of them, they died not having seen it, but they saw it afar off. They still had faith that God was going to take them into the provision of God for their life. Some of them were sawn asunder. Some of them were this, some of them were that. They suffered. They troubled. Hey, they stood firm in the faith. They endured the process. Everyone say endure the process. Everyone say it's an act of faith. So you, you got to understand that. It is an absolute act of faith. In fact, go back to Hebrews 12. Jesus let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So you see the three linked together there. Now, this is not in my notes, but I just thought about it. Uh, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Take a left. No, take a right. Pardon me. 1 Peter chapter 5. Quickly. Let me hear those pages turning. Let me show you verse 10. Oh, really? Verse 9. Talking about, oh gosh, I could just keep going here. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. What do you do in verse 9 because of that? Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same, what? Sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But catch verse 10. So he said, hey, the devil's out there. They're suffering. They're troubled times. You resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Look in verse 10. But may the God of all grace, I love that part, in the middle of the suffering, in the middle of the attack of the enemy, in the middle of the struggle, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory. Now, I'm telling you, that's God's perfect plan for your life. By Christ Jesus, after you have what? suffered a while, he'll perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, we've got to understand that in, in, in getting from point A to point B, there's going to be troubles. That's why you've got to have faith. Amen. Everybody say, have faith. It is absolutely an act of faith. Enduring the process is an act of faith. Number two, here we go. Enduring the process is an attitude of faith. Because it says a cheerful, enduring person. Everyone smile and go, hallelujah. You ever met anybody that's just trying to grit their teeth and bear up underneath the pressure? Well, I'm a child of God. I'm just going to suffer through this old cruel world. It's a tough world we live in. Pressure's the life will get you down. But if you hold on till Jesus comes. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a ho, 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 hosanna, ha, ha, hallelujah kind of faith that looks way beyond the moment. Are you with me? Look around and make sure somebody's at least halfway smiling this morning. If they got the frown on them, just go, come out in Jesus' name. I'm talking about an attitude of faith that is a cheerful under, what does it say about Jesus? Now, Jesus suffered more than us all. In fact, gosh, if we had time, we go to Hebrews 12. How many of you suffered to the shedding of blood and to the, where you sweat great drops of blood? Come on, if you think you got it bad, look what Jesus did. But he endured the cross and he did it with joy. For the joy set before him, he endured. He had an attitude of gratitude about the purposes of God being realized in his life. It is an attitude. The sower who sows the seed, man, he's excited. He has to let go of it. He has to bury it. But he knows, glory to God, he's excited. When he sees nothing, he's still excited because he knows that if he sows, he reaps. If he doesn't sow, he's not going to reap. And he's excited about the potential of a 30, 60, or even a 100 fold return upon his the fact that he is sown a seed he's going to cheerfully endure the process he knows it's not how many seeds are in an apple he knows that it's how many apples are in one little seed and so he's got a smile on his face somebody say amen it's an attitude that you and I have to embrace this endurance I meet some people 
They look like what? They've been baptized in pickle juice. And they think that's spiritual. Well, praise the Lord. It's not spiritual. It's depressing. And you're just spreading the love everywhere you go. We all just love it when you show up with your praise the Lord. Come on now. It's time to smile a while and give your face a rest. It's time to have faith and trust God and begin to smile even under the pressures of life knowing, oh, glory to God, this is producing something phenomenal in me. It's going to, hey, I I have need of endurance. I'm getting a hold of it because after after I've done the will of God, hey, I'm going to receive the reward. Somebody go, hey, I'm going to receive the reward. Come on, come on. Come on, Ryan. Hey, I'm going to receive the reward. I need everybody. Come on, here we go. Hey, I'm going to receive the reward. Get your hands up. Come on. Wake up, everybody. Here we go. Hey, I'm going to receive the reward. I got the reward. Glory to God. Hey, yeah. I'm on my way somewhere. Hallelujah. I'm not stuck in the wilderness anymore. I'm coming out of that stuff, and I'm moving into the promises of, hey. Somebody say, Hey. Woo, man, Bill, I wish your organ was here right now. My Lord, have mercy. Hey, it's an attitude. Some, hey, persevering without pleasure is just surviving. It's not about just surviving. It's about th- thriving in the middle of life. It's not about just making it. It's about making it with, with, with flying colors. Experiencing a great reward from God. Everyone say, endurance is an act of faith. It's an attitude of faith. Now, hang on. Here's number three. And I got about nine minutes. Endurance is endowed, but must be daily developed. Endurance is endowed, but must be daily developed. In other words, God will give you a heart to endure, but you've got to develop that on a daily basis. It's just like an athlete, Michael Phelps. They say his body is naturally built to swim. The only thing he's missing is gills and a few fins. They say his body is just, he's just a natural born swimmer. But how many of you know, he, he can't just, just sit around and, eat Subway and expect to swim great. It's daily developed. And that is the way it is with endurance in our life. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 1, you're there in 1 Peter. Keep going to 2 Peter, and I'm going to try to hustle through this, but I want you to see verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power, catch this, has given us all things. In other words, here's some endowment coming. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How many of you know endurance pertains to life and godliness? He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. In other words, the more we know him, the more we realize how he has endowed us. So I said about endurance that it's endowed, but must be daily developed. Okay. So here's what he says in verse, he said, verse three, you've been endowed. Let me jump down in verse five for the sake of time. But for this very reason, The reason that God has blessed you with all these spiritual blessings that pertain to life and godliness, giving all diligence, how many of you know that sounds like daily development? Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control, uh-oh, here it is, perseverance, which is patience and endurance perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God I'll stop right there just to kind of let you know hey do you see that we have been endowed but it must be developed you see some people they say well I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places but hey you know what that ought to kick us into and it kick us into high gear to develop what we've been endowed with So with that in mind, let me give you some quick ways 
that we can develop the enduring of the process in our life. Here we go. Even though it's been endowed, number one, it's developed by vision and destiny. We see it in the, in the hall of faith. We see it in, in, in Moses' life in Hebrews eleven twenty seven. He endured because he saw him who was invisible. He got a vision from God about his destiny and the purpose of God for his life. He began to listen to the voice of God. And we see that in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12. And we look at our, uh, that Jesus, we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We got a, we've got a vision of Christ. We've got a vision of the purpose of God in our life. And that will develop an endurance in you because you know you're not just here uh, and, and then going to die and melt away into oblivion. That God has a plan for your life. He has an eternity and a destiny for you if you endure the process. There's so much more I could say. But without a vision, the people do what? They perish. But if you get a vision from God, it will produce within you an enduring of the process. You see, Joshua had a vision from God for the promise God, promises of God in his life, and he never let them go. That's why he could endure the process, and he was patiently enduring through 40 years because he knew just because he had been delayed does not mean he had been denied. The vision of God and the promise of God was still just as much alive as it was in Joshua chapter 1 as it was 40 years earlier when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. The power of vision and focus is so important. It'll help you endure the process. It'll help develop an enduring heart in your life. You'll begin to see it before you see it. Amen. Number two, endurance is developed not only by vision and destiny. Oh, come on, don't shout me down. Somebody say it out loud. Look at your neighbor and say it with a smile on your face. Try, it's, a, it's nearly impossible. Trials and tribulations. You can't hardly say tribulations with a smile on your face. But you can in your heart smile because trials and tribulations produce endurance in our life. Write down two passages, Romans 5 and James 1. Romans 5, you don't need to turn there. It just basically said this, tribulation produces endurance. Trouble produces endurance. Let me tell you something, trials produce endurance. Some of you, sometimes when you go through a tribulation, you start rebuking the devil. Now, if it's the devil, you know what he'll do? He leaves you. But if nothing changes or it get, just gets worse, it's probably and maybe even God-ordained or he's using the circumstances of your life to produce something positive in you. Now, James, I always thought, was a lunatic. Because in James 1, he said, count it all joy. Not some joy. Count it all joy when you suffer trials and tribulations. I haven't met that guy yet. Maybe you can introduce him to me. Because I've never met too many people when they're going through a trial and tribulation just going, man, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations. Knowing, come on, that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect work. Oh, get this part. That you may be perfect, that is mature and complete. Come on, get this one. Lacking nothing. That sounds like promised land to me. I said, that sounds like promised land to me. Hey, why can I count it all joy? Hey, because I know that the trials and tribulations of life are producing something that is going to get me from point A to point B where the grapes are big as this and where the, the, the land flows with milk and honey. And I lack nothing in my life because of what Christ has led me through. Amen. And I'm going to endure, bless God. It's developed by vision and destiny and by trials and tribulations. 
Look around, see if everybody's still smiling. See if there's. Amen. And number three, it's developed by responsibility and reward. And I'm going to move quickly. Here it says this in second. Oh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. What did he say? We are surrounded by so great a cloud of what? Witnesses. Look, look at your neighbor and say, somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. Did you know your life makes a difference? It may be for the good, it may be for the bad, but your life will make a difference. Because we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so therefore, what should we do? We should lay aside every sin and weight which does so easily ensnare us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. Because there will be a reward. Others are watching us. Your children are watching you. Hey, time out. Can we talk just a second? Stop complaining to your kids. Stop, stop, stop unloading on the children. You're tearing down their faith. You're undermining the, their destiny. Begin to speak faith in their life. Don't let them see you fret over the bills and the finances. Let them see you putting your tithe in the offering bucket going, thank you, Jesus, you're a God of supernatural supply. We have responsibility that ought to spur us to endure. I know there were many times when my kids were small that, that the pressures of life got on me and I thought, I can't quit now. I got three cheerings. Who if I don't endure the process, they're going to be bankrupt in their spiritual life. Come on now. And number four, endurance is developed. I love this one. By fleeing and following. Everyone say fleeing and following. First Timothy chapter six, verse 10. It says, hey, all these things that we should flee from. Then he says, but pursue after righteousness, faith, and pursue after an enduring lifestyle. Flee? I'm fleeing from this stuff that has undermined the destiny of God over my life, and I'm pursuing after God's purpose and plan, which is to endure the process. Now, it's 12.02. I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you and we're going to pray. It's Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. And I'm going to read it from the message. The message is a paraphrase, but it is a good one. And here it is. In fact, let's stand together because we're going to pray right after this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. The message. We pray that you will have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength which God gives. Everybody say glory strength. I got to start over and read it again. Here we go. Because I keep commenting. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not just gritting your teeth, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength which God gives. You see, it is endowed, but it still needs to be developed. It is a strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. I don't know about you, but I'll take me some of that. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Hebrews 10, 36, 35 and 36, you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you can receive the reward. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, you hit me right between the eyes. 
I walked in here going, ooh, I don't know if I can keep this up. I don't know if I can make it through this troubled time. I need endurance. If that's you today, hey, don't miss your moment right here. This is application time. If that's you today, and I've been talking to you, lift your hand wherever you are. Hands going up all over this room. Anybody else, lift your hand. That's me. I don't want to miss my moment. You can put them down. In just a moment, I'm going to open the altar up and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray that God would give you His glory strength to keep on keeping on and embrace the promise of God for your life and endure the promise and endure the process and receive the prize. You want to do that today? You want to go eat lunch or do you want to pray just one more time? Let's, let's pray. If you lifted your hand wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to, to, to slip quickly to the altar. Come on. Come on. If you lifted your hand, there was 10 or 15 or 20. Come on. Don't miss your chance. Don't miss your chance. A lot of times this, this just act of faith right here of walking forward has a way of, of inspiring you to a whole new level. Come on. Slip in close. Slip in close. Slip in close. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Now, some of our prayer team, you slip in behind them. Come on in. Come on. Some of our prayer team slip in behind them and just begin to lay hands on their, on their shoulders just to let them know that you, you're there for them. Come on. Come on. Come on, prayer team. God, today, I want everyone to lift your hands towards these that are here today. God, today, I thank you that you're a God of supernatural strength and power and authority. And your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, today, I believe this message has become a prophetic a, a, a clarion call and a light shining in the hearts of these that are here today to get them out of their sameness and get them out of their, their ditch in life and help them begin to endure the process of getting them into the purpose and the promise of God for their life. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus. And now I want you that came to this altar today. I'm going to ask you to do something bold this morning. I'm going to ask you to begin to just lift your hands to God and say, thank you, Jesus, for strength, glory strength glory strength in my life to endure the process. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you're giving supernatural strength and power and authority to endure the process, Lord. Lord, to go through this thing with joy. Lord, let joy begin to bubble up on the inside. Let the freedom of God begin to be realized. Let the chains begin to fall off, God, and the victory of God begin to be realized. Liberty today, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise. We glorify you. Is everybody praying with me? me today. Father, thank you, Lord, for glory, strength, glory, strength, glory, strength, glory, strength, God, and an enduring power and strength. Give them vision. God's going to begin to give vision for future. He's going to begin to birth in you a fresh vision for your future. Some of you thought it was all over. Man, it's not all over. Life's just getting started. He's going to empower you with a fresh vision for your life. He's going to give you strength and a joy through the trials and the tribulations of life. He's going to help you realize, man, there's people watching me. I've got to run this race with endurance. I can't quit. I can't stumble. I can't bail out. i got to flee from those things that are knocking me out. And I've got to pursue this thing with all my heart. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. I want everybody just begin to speak over them glory strength right now. Everyone in this sanctuary, just say, Lord, give them glory strength. Give them supernatural glory strength. Give them supernatural glory strength. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, God. Lord, as Kobe testified, Lord, by way of video today. Lord, fill them, everyone, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Give them the Holy Ghost and power. Oh, glory to God. Give them the Holy Ghost and power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stay in the presence just a minute. Dear, I'm just, I, I see a need in my heart to break a stronghold off your life. I, I'm just going to take some authority in Jesus. I don't know what the stronghold is, but it, it has got you stuck, ma'am. And today it's coming off. This break, I'm breaking it all. I don't know what it is. In the name of Jesus, this stronghold that has kept her bound up and underneath the will of God for her life, I break it off of her in Jesus' name by the power and the authority of Almighty God. For your glory and your honor. Come on, church. Are you with me today? Let's, let's just say in the name of Jesus, 
This stronghold is broken in Jesus' name. I defy every demon, devil, and hell that has kept her pushed down and under the gun of inferiority and lack of ability and lack of grace. God, let your grace begin to lift her up. Let your grace begin to strengthen her today. Let her see the glory of God. Give her a glory strength today in Jesus' name for your glory. Somebody give him praise today. Come on, somebody give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Everyone say, it's an act of faith. Everyone say, it's an attitude of faith. Say, it's endowed, but it's got to be developed. And I'm going to develop my endurance today by the power of Almighty God. Somebody give him praise. Let's go. Come on. Let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. What a great day. Look up at me just for a moment. Every day is a process. Don't walk away from the seed sown in your life. God has a plan and purpose for your life. Young man. Don't let what others tell you, what your circumstances tell you, what your situation. Listen. Listen. God's got such a plan for your life, it just blows your mind. In fact, you know what he said to you in Jeremiah 29, 11? He said, I, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. It's no big thing to God to get you out of the ditch, get you moving forward in life. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I used to be a scared little boy. My kindergarten picture looked like this. Because I had a spirit of fear and intimidation on my life. And God looked down. At a little boy. Said, I think I'll use that boy to talk to people all over the world about me. The first time I ever got up in front of a crowd and preached, 2,000 people. Somebody said, were you scared? I said, no. This is my destiny. And now you can't shut me up. there's a span of time between amen and there it is. But God has a plan. Amen. Father, today I speak favor over these that are here. And I thank you, Lord, that today is a turning point, an enduring turning point, a pivotal paradigm shift in their life about their futures. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give him one more. God bless you. You can go back to your seats. Give somebody a high five, a hug, a handshake, and a little hallelujah. God bless you today. This was worth it. How many of you know 13 minutes longer was worth that right there? Do you think that was worth it? Come on, now let's get, really give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. And everybody said, amen. Well, it's so good you're here today. Now I want you to do something for me this week. Do something for Jesus not just for me, do something for Jesus. Number one, make a commitment. You're going to be here next week. And number two, do your best to get someone to come and be with you. How many of you know at least one person